look at them as guest ministers, but we're glad to have them with us. Let's give them a warm welcome. Hallelujah, there I am, all right. Well, I'm glad you guys came out tonight. I'm looking forward just to sharing a little bit of what the Lord has given to me with you. But uh, let's just pray one more time before we get into the Word. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your Word. I thank you that your Word is alive. And we just ask that you would just speak through me tonight, Lord, that I would speak what you would want me to say to this group of people. And Father, we thank you that your Word brings all that we need in every area of our lives. And we give you praise and glory for what you will do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, if you got your Bible with you, uh, or you're going to be on a, I guess we don't, many people don't carry Bibles probably, you're on your phones or whatever, but go to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, and uh, I just want to do a little bit of a teaching tonight just based on uh, the condition of our heart and where we stand before God to receive, and uh, you know, most, most of our connection with God and, and, and our relationship with the Lord, uh, the, the way that we walk with God and, and, and how we get to know Him, it all, it all has to do with, with our understanding and our knowledge of the Word, but it also has to do with the condition of our heart. And I think that some people are very, um, very sensitive maybe to the things of God just because of what they have pre prepared themselves and equipped themselves. And some people, it's a little more, more difficult because of the condition of your heart to receive from God or to feel like you have a connection and a relationship with God. And so I just want to talk about some things tonight that maybe can, can help you to open up a little bit more to be able to receive the blessings of God in your life. And I think that, uh, you know, again, you get teaching every week, week after week that is just so solid. You know, coming in here, I'm not going to teach anything that you haven't heard before. But I, I just want to encourage you in some things tonight just in your position before your Lord Jesus Christ and how he can be all that you need him to be in your lives. But, but to receive from God, like we were hearing this morning, it's going to take some faith. And faith is that spiritual force. It's just like anything else in the word of God. It's like hope. It's like joy. It's peace. Uh, whatever whatever we, we need to receive from God and, 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 and walk in and the promises of God, there's, there's a spiritual force behind that. There's a connection that we get from being part of the family of God. And when we understand what that force is and what that, that power is that is available to us that Paul talks about, that same power that is in us that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, you know, th that revelation of who we, who we serve and what we have, I think as that comes more and more clear to the church in these last days, that we're going to see more and more of his power available showing up in great ways for each and every one of us because we believe. Amen? I, I want to see more of what God promised in my church. I want to see more of what, what God has promised for these last days in, in our, our, when we go out of church, you know, in our everyday lives, that we would be impacting the lives of other people. But we've got to get our hearts right. And so uh, in Matthew ch chapter 18, you know the story. Uh, the disciples, they were kind of uh, with Jesus, and, and they were asking him, who's, who's going to be the great? Who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the most powerful? Who's, who's going to be with you at your right hand? Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? 
They didn't even know what they were asking. Obviously, because Jesus and his response, and you'll see in just a minute, they had no clue what they were even asking. But uh, uh, they used this phrase, the kingdom of heaven. And they said, who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They don't know what the kingdom of heaven is. They're using this phrase, kingdom of heaven, because up to this time, at least from the word of God, we know that Jesus has talked about the kingdom of heaven about 20 times. They are, they're still in their earthly mind thinking the kingdom of heaven is going to be a, an earthly kingdom. It's going to be something that, that Jesus is going to go set up in Jerusalem. They didn't realize that it was going to be a, an eternal kind of a kingdom, a, a kingdom where God's power and his authority and, and, and his eternal glory will be. They were, they were thinking something more of, okay, we're going to build a big, big temple and a big castle, and that's where Jesus is going to live, and I want to live in the castle with Jesus. And so Jesus, who can, who can be the best? Who's going to be your number one guy when, when, when you set up your kingdom? And so Jesus is, he talks about his kingdom in, in lots of different ways, and in, in kind of confusing ways, if, if you look, look at it from their point of view. You know, we could look back and we see why Jesus said what he said, but a lot of times when I read the Bible, I try to put myself there while Jesus is saying it, and not knowing what I know now, only knowing what they know, how strange some of the things that Jesus said might have, have um, impacted them or affected them. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God or the kingdom of, you know, what is he talking about? And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is here now. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. And then Jesus said, and the kingdom of heaven will be there then. And they're like, okay, that's awesome. And then he said, the kingdom of heaven is in you and the kingdom of heaven will be with you. And, and so they, they're not really sure exactly what this thing is that he keeps talking about. The kingdom of heaven. We look back now, we can put it all together. We've got great teachers that can lay it out for us. We understand what the kingdom of heaven is today. They're trying to learn from Jesus, who's teaching in parables. A lot of things he teaches, the guys are looking at each other saying, did you get that? Did you, what, what did he mean by that? You know, they had a lot of conversations that they're asking one another. What was that? A farmer put in a seat. What is he talking about? You know, just think if you were just following some guy who's coming up with things that nobody has ever taught, and you believe that he's special, you believe that he is anointed, you believe that he's the son of God, but the things that he's saying and things that he's talking about, they have no clue. And so the boys are sitting around asking him. Again, these are young boys. You know, some of the pictures that we have of, of Jesus at the Last Supper with some of these guys, they look really old and ancient or, you know, 40s, 50s, whatever. Like they're old guys following Jesus. These were young disciples. These guys were anywhere between 18 to 21, something like that. And, and just young guys who were following Jesus, trying to be men themselves. And now they're hearing this teaching about this kingdom and they want to be great. You know, like any young man... If there's an opportunity to be great, let me be great. And so how can I be great? And so this is, what, this is the answer that they get here in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. It says, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child to him and put the child among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sin and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. He didn't even answer their question. He, he took it to a completely different direction, didn't he? And then he said in verse 4, So anyone who becomes as a little child 
is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is so cool. I just love the way that he lays things out. And when they ask this question, they're expecting to get an answer of, well, the greatest will be the one that follows me to the death. The greatest will be the one that just will, will help me to build my... He didn't say anything like that. Jesus, at first, he didn't even answer their question, did he? He put something else before he even gets to the answer to the question. He made something else a priority. And he said, it's not a, it's not, don't, don't be thinking about who's going to be the greatest. He said, before you can even be great in my kingdom, you need to get into my kingdom. And he said, so to get into my kingdom, you need to become like a little child. And then he said, and if you are like little children, if you're like this little child, you will be great in the kingdom of heaven. And so what is Jesus saying? Who is going to be great in this kingdom of heaven? He said, you have to be a child to get in. And anybody who's like a child will be great. You have to be a child to get in. And anybody who's like this child will be great. Jesus is saying, when we get into the kingdom of heaven, we're all great. Right? It's not a competition anymore. We're all great. It's not just pastor great. You're great. Because you got in. Because you humbled yourself to say, I need a Savior. How many need a Savior? Let me see some hands tonight. I'm, I'm trying to do my best to keep you all away. I need a Savior, right? I need to know that there is somebody that is doing something for me that I can't do for myself. And that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? He has paid that price so that we can enter in if we humble ourselves to just believe. And if we will just believe, we can be great in the kingdom of heaven. Everybody is great. God has a way to make everybody feel like we are his special one. Everybody has had times in their lives where you feel like God has helped me through that. God was with me. God sheltered me. He took time out of being God to come and be part of my life. That should blow you away every time it happens. That should make you amazed every time you see his hand on your life. Every time you see him answer a prayer. Every time you see him come through by your faith and, and provide for your family and give healing to your body. Every time he shows up, we should be in awe of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And he says, all of us who get in will be great. Because getting in is, is, a, is a posture of our heart. And so to get into the kingdom and to receive from God, we need to have the right heart. We need to have the right posture before God. I think our faith needs to have a posture before God to receive from him that's not going up to take something but it's going in to receive something. 
You know, I've, I've heard some guys when they pro- start teaching on faith, they just, you just go take it. And there, there, there's something to that. There's something just to go in and take what is already yours, and I get that. But sometimes you can get a mentality of that you're, you're the man to go and take something like you're taking something from a baby. That's not what this is. We're receiving, right? We receive from God. We receive his blessings. We receive his provision. We receive the power that is in us. Yes, it's in us. Yes, we have it. But we have that posture to receive it when we become like a child. And this is what Jesus is trying to get across to us. He's saying, who's going to be great? He said, you can all be great if the condition of your heart is right in approaching me. In approaching what it is that you guys think you're talking about. Which you don't even know what you're talking about yet. Because you're not even in it. But you got to get in before you're going to be great. But you can all get in. And once you're all in, you're going to all be great. And they were just so confused at what Jesus is talking about. As he's using this little boy, this little child, as his example for all these, you know, 18 to 20 year old men looking at a little child and saying, okay, how do I get in? I need to become like him. And so he's using this example to help expand their way of thinking because being great in the world, how many of you know the world watered down the word great? Because you could eat a hamburger and that hamburger is great. You could live in California and it is great. And you could have a marriage that is great. And you can serve a God who is great. And we kind of water down the word great because the world calls things great that aren't really that great. You know, a hamburger might be good. And I love good food. Man, I'm eating good since I'm here. Hallelujah. God is so faithful. I did Cheesecake Factory this afternoon. Oh, that's, I think Jesus lives in Cheesecake Factory when he's not on duty. That place, you can have anything you want. And so I'm not, if, if that's advertisement, you have to bleep that. I don't know. All these rule, copyright rules now. But, uh, you know, it's great to have good food. And I've had meals that are great. And I live all year long to come here for this one week to eat. Right? I'm hungry all year. And I get to come here and they feed me like a king. And I'm just like, wow. And then everywhere we go, it's new flavors that my mouth haven't tasted for, for a whole year. So this is my favorite week of the whole year. I live for this week to come here, be with you. And how, he, he just treats me, I, I go home 10 pounds heavier just by being here for a week. It's, it's awesome. But anyway, what am I talking about? I'm talking about being, being, being like this, this child and being great. It's not what the world thinks great is great. To be great in the kingdom of God means that you stand out and above. You should live your life beyond what is normal. Because great is truly great when Jesus is talking about how to be great. It's not just, oh, it's good or it's awesome or it feels. No, it's great. And he said, you want to be great? You got to be like this guy. And he calls this kid over. We don't know. I don't think he was a baby. I think he was probably, you know, 9, 10. That's the picture I get in my mind. But I think he would have been a, a child enough to be able to respond, a child enough who could be obedient, a child enough who would humble himself to go stand in the middle of all these important guys. 
You know, they're, 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 his mommy and daddy are probably there listening to this guy. They're calling the Messiah, this promise. And so he probably understands all this as Jesus calls him forward. So any, anywhere under the age of 13 is probably what this kid is. But I'm thinking he's probably at the upper end of that, just because based on some things I want to talk about here in just a minute. This guy, he shows up in the middle of the, and how many know he's, and when Jesus is talking about him, he's probably standing proud. He probably puffs his little chest out there. Because I'd be like me if you want to be great boys, right? And so he's hearing this. He's, he's proud that Jesus is using him as the example and that he is the one that, that guys need to, to be like. And so, so he's, just, he's just being so obedient to the Lord. His heart is, is ready to just, just do whatever he asks. If Jesus would have said, drop and give me 10, he would have done his best, right? Because he was right in the middle of what was going on. And Jesus said, see that? That's, that's the kind of obedience that I want from you. You be like him. See the love that he has. You, you, be, like, you be like him. You see the attitude that he has? Just, he'll, he'll just come and stand just to serve you and to serve this message. He said, that's the kind of attitude that all you should have. If you want to be great, so he's saying, let's, let's be great. Let's be great. We can all be great. Let's be great. Let's stand out and let's be different. And let's not water this down to make it to be something that it's not. Let's make sure that what we're doing for the Lord really matters. And when we have the heart right, we're going to be able to see God do more things in our lives. Being close to him having that relationship with him. When our heart is in that place of father and son, servant and master, you can be great. And, and, and you might not have the biggest house. It's not about that. It's about having the biggest life that you can possibly dream. I live a big life in a little nation. And I'm doing things for God I never thought I would do. And I pastor a little church in a little nation. And I feel sometimes like God has done so much for me. I'm so blessed. And I could be so greatly used by him. And I'm not looking at the size and the impact of what we do on a Sunday by Sunday by Sunday. I'm looking at what I can do in me and then what the Lord can do through me. And it's great. I wake up every day thankful. I wake up every day excited. I wake up every day humbled. Because I've gotten to my, in a place in my heart where I look to him like a child. And I'm so thankful that I could be a child of God. I'm so honored to be called by him to stand in the middle of a group of people and help share the word and share my life with some people that I can impact in a nation that I wasn't even born in. I don't even have Estonian heritage in my blood. I am German and Irish, and I'm in Estonia. Teaching the word of God 
to, to an international church. We have people from Africa. We have people from China. We have people from, from Korea. We have people from Russia. We have people from, from uh, uh, Netherlands. And we have people from Iceland. We have people from Norway. They all come in to this little church in Estonia to hear me share the word of God, get fed so that they could go out. And you know what? They're going to be great in their lives. They could be great. They could take a message when they go. We've had a lot of people come in. You know, Estonia is a very, um, very technological place right now. It's kind of like the, oh, I don't even know. It, it, like all of the, the internet companies and stuff that are reaching Europe, they're doing stuff in Estonia. So we have these great big technology companies. You can see I know a lot about all that, right? I don't even know what to call them. But all these big minds are coming in, and they bring people in for a little bit of time, and then they go out, and they bring them in and go out. And sometimes these, these uh, transients, they find our church, which is awesome. And so I get to have them for a little while while they're there in Estonia doing their job. And then I believe they take that message. They could go back to the churches they came from, and they can make a difference in their churches, and they could just take the message. And so, so I'm looking at this as not just what I'm doing, I'm looking at this as something that's going to be great because I believe the word continues to roll from person to person to person. He's fed me so much so that I can be great doing what I do. He's fed you so that you can be great doing what you do. But then you need to see it this way. You're taking what you have and you can give it to somebody else and help them to become great in the kingdom of God. This is not about what, what we can get and what we can do. And that's what the boys that were around Jesus at this time, they thought it was all about me. How can I be at the top? And we need to realize it's not about how great we can be, but it's how, how great we can make other people in the kingdom of God. How we can take what God has given us and be able to share that with others and be able to have that kind of a heart that God can use and that kind of a life that God can bless and live a way that God can overflow the, the, the abundance into our lives. Whatever we need, whether it would be healing or, 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 or health, or prosperity, uh, uh, wisdom, you know, just a peace in our mind and a peace in our heart. Uh, whatever it is that we need for business, whatever it is we, that we need for our families, whatever it is that we need for the relationships that we have in life, the answer is in Jesus. The answer comes... From the word, the answer comes from living a life that is humbled before a God because he is great and he can make you great if you could just receive from him what it is that he has for you. I know we call this healing school on Sunday nights and, and I always am, am honored to be able to come and share in healing school. You're here to, to be built up on the subject of healing so that you walk in health for some of you, but for others that you would receive healing for things that might be bothering you in your body, things that are not the way that God has, has meant for them to be. Maybe some of you are here tonight to receive from God. I, I'm trying to help you to see you approach God like a child. and He will do great things for you. He will do great things in your life, in your body, in your mind, in your heart. When we're ready to receive like a child. 
And this is, so this is kind of, I guess you got the title of my message, like a child, like a child. When I go to, to my, my time of prayer with God, over probably the past 10 years, I've, I feel like I've become more like a child as the years go on. As my relationship grows with the Lord, I feel smaller in his presence, if that makes sense. Does anybody understand what that means? What I mean by, I don't, I'm not that I'm a small guy. I, I, I just feel like I'm here. Wow. And the more I know about him and the more I realize that he takes time for me and what I do, because what he, he thinks that what we're doing is important for his kingdom. He thinks that what we're doing matters. I'm so honored, so humbled. But it's not just the minister's. It should be each and every one of us, each and every one of you should be humbled day by day knowing that we serve a God who cares. We serve a God who, 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 who doesn't want you to be sick. We serve a God who has already taken our, our sicknesses and our disease. Man, if you, if you want to get a message on healing, listen to this morning's message if you were not here. It was, it was I told him after this, I, think, I thought that was a masterpiece this morning. I... I wish I could come to this church. I listen to them on podcast all the time, but it's so different. How many of you know it's different when you listen to the podcast or when you're here, right? There's just something to watch him process this, this, this message. It's just, it, it amazes me. I don't know. You guys are a blessed church. And what, what gets me, and I talk to him about it all the time, he does it without notes. I don't know if you've ever noticed. He doesn't have any notes. He just gets up and he puts it all together better than I could ever put it together sitting in my office for 16 hours in a week trying to put the, I mean he 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 studied he reads the bible he prays I asked him yesterday how's the message going he says well I know where I'm going just haven't put it all together yet on a Saturday you know by Saturday I've got to really know where I'm going or we're not going anywhere I don't know if anybody's like that <laughs> on Saturday I need to make sure that my message is burning in me or else you know we might be heading for a train wreck here on Sunday morning he was like, I think, I think I've got to, I just got to tweak out some things. And he's doing it all in here. And it's all an inner process. And he gets up and he just delivers this masterpiece. And I was just like, man, that just blows me away. He takes it from beginning to end and connects it all together. And everybody walks out thinking, the Lord heals, right? He's my healer. He's my healer. He's my healer. Of course he is. I just love the, the, the truth that we get here in church. And as the more that you get that, the more you can give that. You can, you can share the things that he shares because he makes it so logical. And that's what I love about this church and about our past. He is so logical and it makes sense. And you're like, of course, and sometimes you could read those same stories and those same verses and you could be confused about why is this even in the Bible? You ever had one of those? And then he'll get up and he'll just say, well, this is why, because do 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 And you're like, yeah, because I can be healed. Glory to God. You know, they marched around the city and that, that means he is the Lord who heals me, right? And so you're, you're just, you get jazzed about this and you can just believe God and stand on his word and know this is what this is all about. Because it's not just an illogical faith that we have, folks. And that's what I love about the teaching of the Word of God. It makes it logical. That we can, we can you know, children will believe whatever you tell them. Right? A child will believe 
You can tell a child that reindeers fly and a fat man can ride behind them and they'll believe it. I believed it. When I was little, I believed that reindeer flew. And one time there was a plane flying and it was beeping that red light and my dad said, oh, there he is. There's Rudolph. And I was like, yeah, I see him. That's a reindeer flying right there. Right? Why do we believe that? Because we're children. And that's an adult. That's my dad. And when my dad says something, I will believe that. Now, unfortunately, I think some Christians are this way. That they just believe whatever you tell them. And they go to church to be told what to believe. This is what we believe. We believe this. We believe that. We believe this. We believe that. Have a wonderful week. And they're just like, sure, yes, okay. Yes, I, I would just. And somebody asks, what do you believe? And they're like, well, this is what we believe. Why do you believe that? Because that's what they teach us in church. Because that's what my pastor says. That's what the priest told us on Sunday. This is what we believe. Why do you believe that? Because he said it was in the Bible. So we believe the Bible. And unfortunately, this is the basis, this is the foundation of a lot of the church, a lot of Christians, maybe even somebody in this room tonight, and if I'm offending you, please don't walk out yet. It's going to get better. If you're just believing what you believe because you're told to believe it, how... <laughs> I think that's sad. I think that's a dangerous place for anybody to live their life because what if somebody else comes and tells you something different and they use a story from the Bible and now you're like, but I don't know now what to believe because we don't know why we believe what we believe. And I've heard people say things like this before. Well, the Bible says it and I believe it and that settles it. Really? That's, that's, what, that's a minister teaching his people how to live a life of faith? Well, the Bible says it, and I believe it, and that settles it. Well, what about, the, what about this? What about, well, no, no, no. The Bible says it, and I believe it, so that settles it. I think God didn't just give us pastors. God gave us brains, right? God gave you a brain. That's why you come to this church, and that's why I can be so bold to preach this, is because I'm in a church that is learning why we believe what we believe. We're not just told what to believe. We're told why we believe this in such beautiful, poetic sermons as this morning. I still think it was a masterpiece. It, it just comes across and we understand and we say, yes, this is why I can believe this. This is what I believe our God can do in my life. And then we come back next Sunday, and there's another message that is going to tell us why we believe what we believe. Not just what, but the whys, I think, are so important. And that's why we, we need to have pastors that will teach the word. Not share the, the you know, seven foundations or the 14 pillars or the whatever, whatever's. 
But what we believe and why we believe it is so important, I believe, in everybody's life. And so Jesus is telling us how to receive and how you approach him is going to determine how we receive from him. And he said, if you want to get in, if you want to get close to me, you got to be like a child. And then, then what is that? What is like a child? How, how, how do we become like this child? Well, I think we got to honor. We got to honor him. We got to look to him for who he is and honor that man in our lives. Honor the Lord and Savior, the one who paid that price. We got to honor him and all that he has done for us all that he has provided through the great redemption. Great redemption. Not great hamburger, great redemption that he has given for us. And then I think we need to be obedient. And I think all the blessings of God are open to us when we're obedient to do what he asks of us to do. When you're obedient to God, when you step out like a child to receive, and then you're like, what's next, right? You have that expectation. Okay, God, I'm here. What's next? When you're in your time of prayer, I'm here. What's next? What do you have for me? Then God will lead you and he'll guide you step by step. He'll add more and more to your lives. It could be exciting to, to follow a God who really cares about us. It can be exciting, and we can know where we're going. We can know why we're going there. And you know, some people talk about a blind faith and a this and a that. We don't have a blind faith. We can have a faith that is built on the rock of some wisdom and some knowledge that comes from the Word of God. And the more that you get to know Him, the more you're going to be revealed what it is that God has for you. Man, these, these are the things that we need to develop in our own lives is getting the knowledge of him and getting the knowledge of his word so that he can pour out more and more into our lives. He wants to do so much more for us than we could ever ask or imagine, and I believe that because I've done more in my life than I ever thought a boy like me would ever be able to do. And it just comes from getting to a place that we humble ourselves like a child and we're just so thankful that we have the access to him that we have. All oh, be thankful, church. Be thankful for what he's done for you. Be thankful for what he's going to do for you. Leave that, leave that access open that you are just so thankful that every time you read the Bible that he can show you a, a treasure that he can give you something for that day, for that week that you're going to need. Be thankful. And so to get in the kingdom, and we're in the kingdom, if you believe you're in the kingdom, getting into the kingdom is key for us to receive. If you're not in the kingdom, you need to get in because there's so much available to us, and it's a logical faith. It's not illogical. You know, I've heard people tell me before that, that weak people, need to have a faith. Well, when the pressure gets tough, tell me who's weak then. When you're worried and I'm not worried, who's weak then? When you're afraid of what, what might come and I'm not afraid, who's weak then? It's not, faith is not a crutch for weak people. 
I believe faith can be a pedestal for us to stand on to allow God to make us something more than what we are if we will humble ourselves to stand on that pedestal and say, yes, I serve a living God and he's living in me and he's living through me. How amazing is that? What kind of a life could be made out of that type of a heart and that type of a humbleness and that type of an honor to your God where you're not one way in church and another way on Tuesday morning in the office, but you're the same here as you are there, as you're with your family at night, that we would just be who God has called us to be, that we would just live the way he's called us to live. And so Jesus said, become like a child. Become like a child. And if you will believe, if you will trust me, you will be great because I will make you great. It's not going to be who's, who can climb to the top the fastest and then they're going to be the great. Who can push the others aside and get there first will be great. It's not about who can run to the tomb the fastest. It's not about who can preach to the most number of people. It's not about any of that to be great. It's about just coming and letting him make you great because you're in the kingdom. And God can use you and God can use me if you'll just be obedient to follow what he has told you to do. And so what is it about you that causes you to believe? Do you believe just because your mama told you? Do you believe just because your pastor told you? Do you believe just because you heard it on the internet? What makes you believe what it is that you believe about anything in life? I hope that as Christians and as believers that you're like me and we're wanting to know why. We believe what we believe. We're having that posture of coming into his presence and coming to his word. And we're saying, show me. Reveal yourself to me. Show me who you are. Teach me. Is anybody in here, do you have anybody in your life that makes you feel like a child? Now I look around the room, I don't see really many children in here. But how many of you can feel like a child sometimes? You know, maybe you're with a family member, or maybe you're with a teacher, maybe you're with a coach or, or, or a mentor that was in your life. Maybe somebody that you look to that's done well in business and you're around them and you just feel like, I'm the child in the room. Well, I have somebody in my life that makes me feel like a child, and it's my pastor. And I can be around him, and he just makes me feel like I'm a child. And it's not a, a, a putting down thing. It's not nothing, anything that he's doing to me. But when I'm around him, I don't feel like a 50-year-old man. When I'm around him, I feel like I'm still 25, and I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out. And I'm looking to him, and he just seems so big to me. And I remember when I first met him, and he, we went to, uh, oh, I had the name of the place today. It's the place where they have pies. Marie, Ma Marie Callum, yeah. We went there. And I was sitting in the booth, and me and my wife are on one side, and he's on the other, and it was just three of us. And so he said, well, tell me about yourself. You know how he is. And so I said, okay, well, 
Let me tell you about what we're doing in Estonia, because uh, we were already in Estonia, but we, did, we hadn't met him yet. And, and so, long story short, we leave the meeting, and we got in the car, and I told my wife, I said, I don't think he liked me at all. <laughs> because he, he can be a little bit intimidating. And he can be, you know, he's, he's, not, real, he's not real boisterous and talkative, and only, he'll, he'll, you, you, you got to learn to talk to him. Let me just tell you, you want to hear him talk, ask him the right question, and he will tell you the truth all day long. That's how you talk to this man. So don't talk to him about some frilly, bluffy stuff, because he doesn't want to talk about that. Like most guys wouldn't even want to talk about that. Ask him the right question, and you can have a conversation that you walk away, and you're going, wow. All right? But I didn't know that. I was 25 years old, and Marie Callender was just telling him, we're doing it in Estonia, and he's like, mm-hmm. And then there'd be like that awkward silence. And for him, I don't think it was awkward. He's just looking at this young couple sitting across the table from him. And so I tried to feel the silence again. And then we're going to, and then we're going to, and then God has called us. And then, you know, we're trying to do our best. And that's, that's what we do. And he said, well, all right. Well, God bless you guys. And, you know, it's been nice to meet you. And, uh, thank you for stopping by. Because we went to the service that night and then went out to, to meet him after the service. So it was, and I thought he didn't even like me. And then he reached out to me. And after that, everything changed for me. Because here this guy that I was so intimidated with just by the way he carries himself. And then I don't think that I said anything that made him really smile. And so I was like, <laughs> And then he reached out. I think he sent us an offering and I called him. He was so kind and so positive and upbeat. And I was like, wow. And it was from that day that I put him in a position in my life. And I'm the one that put him there. How many of you know nobody else can put people over you in your life? You have to put people over you in your own life. That's why we don't feel like a child around our peers most of the time. Because we haven't put our peers over us, right? They're our peers. But when we put somebody over us, we can feel like a child in their presence. Because we honor and we respect and we trust. And we know that he's going to be there for me. And if I need him, I can ask him. And I put him up in my life. I don't even know if he knows this himself. He's learning tonight. That, that's the hardest part about coming here, is he has to sit right there every time and listen to me. And that's like asking a college basketball player to show off in front of Michael Jordan. It's just not going to happen. That's how I feel when I'm up. Some of you might have been disappointed when you came to church and saw that there was going to be me up here tonight and not him. And you know what? I get that. <laughs> I would be disappointed, too, if I was expecting to see him and got me. I get that. Because he is great in my eyes. And I'm sure he's great in your eyes. That's why we come. God has placed this man, and, and we're the ones that choose to put him in that place. It doesn't mean he's better than us. In the kingdom. Because we're all great in the kingdom, but we make him great over us, and he makes us feel like a child. I come back, I feel like I'm 
family. He's become not just like a, a, a pastor for me, but more like a mentor and even a father figure in my life. I talk about him all the time to my church in Estonia. I, say, I, I repeat things that he says in sermons because I've placed him in a place in my life that he makes me feel like a child just being around him. And I found that's a place that I could receive the most from him. I'm not another pastor hanging out with another pastor, just going out and eating and having a wonderful time for five days a year. That's not this relationship. I'm humbled because I've humbled myself in this relationship. Now take this to what Jesus is talking about. I've learned more about my relationship with Jesus Christ because of this man and my relationship with him than I have from anything else. Because I humble myself before my Lord and I'm just thankful to be there. I, I go to my Lord and I can be in his presence and he takes time for me. Do you know what it means to be on the mission field and know that May's coming and I get to go be with Pastor Mike? I, we talk about it all the time. I love this time. But then I use this feeling with my relationship with Jesus and I love that time. And I get it every day. It's not five days a year. It's every day of my life. I humble myself and I honor him. And I obey him to the very best of my ability. No, I'm not perfect. You could ask her. I'm not perfect, but I do my best. And I give my life. Man, we sang a song this morning. That song you guys sang was awesome. It brought me to tears this morning about giving my all. Or What was that? Something like that. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to take that back and we're going to sing that in our church. This, this is the way that we need to live our lives as we present it all to him. I am who I am because of him. I love, I love Paul. Paul was this great man too. He was, he was this guy that everybody else was afraid of and looked up to. Probably had a personality a lot like that guy. He could handle anything. You throw him in a prison, he's not... He's not shaking. You can put him in front of a bunch of people that, you know, the wisest men, and they're all in awe of him. It doesn't shake him. He's just the same. He's just Paul. He's just a man being used by God, just a rock. Shouldn't we be more like that? Shouldn't we be more unmoved? Shouldn't we be more... Just, God, whatever it is that you want from me, you make me who I am. My relationship with you determines who I am and what I have. I, turned, I told my church in a message a few weeks ago, if you're, not, if you're not blessed in your life, it's your own fault. If you're not walking in the blessings of God, that's on you, not anybody else. Because it's all about what he's already given. Now we just need to get the access to it through Christ Jesus. 
our relationship, our, what, what he was talking about this morning, this revelation knowledge of who he is. Man, it's going to open up so much to us. And for those that are here tonight to receive something for your body, the healing power of God comes through that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the most powerful thing in our lives. If we learn to humble ourselves like a child, like in any relationship, we put him first. Above everything else, we put the Lord Jesus Christ first. And when you do that, I think there's something in us. I think it's the way he made us. And we just feel so much like a child. That's why Jesus talks about the family of God. The family. We're in the family. We're together in this family that's all around the world. 2.5 billion people in our family. Now, not all of them are as smart as us because they don't have pastors like us, but they're still family. They're still family. Two point, like one third of the planet. Now, I don't think Jesus is going to come back until that tips the scale of the 50% somewhere, right? I think there's got to be, he's, he's not a losing type of a God. I think there's, that, that's, there's going to be a great revival. That scale is going to tip to the 50% on Jesus' side, not the, like, we only got 30% of the planet right now. That's, that's, not, that's not working for the Lord. That's why he's patiently waiting for the harvest. That's why he's sending people like me to another, another nation to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to give the message of the word to people that will hear, to people that will listen. Oh, what time is it? Oh, my goodness. I told I'd be done by seven. It's about the heart, church. It's about the heart. Keep your heart right. Be like a child when you stand before your Lord and Savior every morning or every night or whenever you pray to receive something from our Father. I'm telling you, when you got your heart right, the blessings of God are going to flow. The anointing is going to flow. You will be touched. You will be blessed. You will be used. You will receive that power that is available to everybody who would believe. Amen. And if you could stand up tonight, would you just stand and let me pray for you? Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we love you so much. And Lord, I just pray that this simple message that I was able to deliver tonight would be something that would last in the hearts of those that are here and in the hearts of those that are listening to this message. The Father, that like a child, we would approach you every day, that like a child, we would get to that place that our faith can receive from you. Now, like a child, that you will pour out your blessing, your hand of protection, your leading and your guiding, your help and your supply to each and every one who would be bold enough to come to you and bold enough to obey and bold enough to step out and believe and honor you in your presence and know what it is that they do and why they do it and can stand on your word and receive from you. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, that you bless this church and you bless these people. And we can walk in health. We can walk in joy. We can walk in peace and in love that all that you have for us 
would flow through us. We thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your word that is taught in this place. And we give you glory and we give you praise because you are worthy. We receive all that you have for us tonight, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for coming out tonight. I hope you weren't too disappointed, but we love you. We are so thankful, so glad that we could be an extension of this church and of this place. And I hope to see you again next May. And so God bless you. Pastor, would you come? Huh? All right, you're all loosed. He's